to the You Had Me at Curia Shorts Edition, where we're taking some time to spotlight some of the great shorts in the Curia collection. I'm your host, Ricky Kimlary, and I'm joined by Lauren Clark from the Curia team. Say hello, Lauren. And uh, today we're joined by writer and director Ashley Eakin, who is here to talk to us about her short film, uh, Single. Ashley, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, Before we get started, let's take a quick listen to uh, the trailer of Single. Yeah, no, I think it'll be fun. Oh, my mom's friend just left me a voicemail. Watch, he's probably bailing. I'm checking out, okay? So I'll call you tomorrow and let you know how it goes. Okay, bye. That'll be 1560. Here's a 20 for you. Do you need help out to your car? Nope. Think I can carry my one bag. Thank you, though. God bless, sweetie. You are so rude. Ashley, thank you again for doing this. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you about this short. I um, am so happy that we have it on Curia. Um, I've watched it a few times, one of my favorites. And I know that a question that I think comes up a lot, tell me if I'm wrong, in your interviews is if this film comes from personal experience. Um, and I, I was watching an interview with actually Phoebe Waller-Bridge where she talks about how like women tend to get this question a lot. I don't know if there's something about like it being identity oriented or whatever. And so in asking it, I'm curious, like, do you get that question? Does it bother you? Do you like it? Like, what do you feel about it? Yeah, um, I do get that question a lot. You know, um, there's a lot of bold things that are happening around disabilities. And a lot of people say that they think the person has to have a disability to write and direct something like this, or it feels coming from a very authentic perspective and not afraid to say certain things. So um, I do get that question a lot. And it um, it is very personal. It I, I made this, I wrote the project originally for the AFI directing workshop for women and you have to submit a script when you're applying to that program and the year previous I applied with a different script I didn't get in and they told me to make that short film that I applied with and I was like I have no idea how I'm going to be able to raise money on my own to make a short but I ended up doing it and I created a short called blue and then for my second time applying I was like man what can I write And I was collaborating with another writer on something that's totally unrelated to disability. And I kept just feeling like it wasn't going to get in. And it wasn't a story that was really like going to grab people's attention. And so five days before this application was due, I was coming home from a trip. I went on a trip with uh, this organization called SheLift. And it's ran by Sarah Heron. And... I went to, it was kind of like a camp for people with disabilities and and physical differences and limb differences. And I initially was really unsure about going. I didn't, I was kind of like at this stage where I didn't really identify with being disabled. I had a really complicated relationship with it, but I had just done this, this soul pancake video, which 
ended up going viral and was really making me be more open about my disability. And someone told me about this camp and Sarah was like, you should come. And so I went and the big topic that we all talked about, and it was all just like women in their 20s, we're all drinking wine, we're hiking in the mountains. It was so fun and totally different than what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was like, we all sit around the fire and kumbaya about disability. I was just like, I don't know if this is for me. But the biggest thing we talked about was dating and, and having a disability and how complicated it is. And, you know, I, when I was flying home after that trip, I was like, I really think I, I have this idea for a short about, you know, two disabled people getting set up on a blind date. And it didn't directly happen to me, but I actually went on a date with someone that had um, a, a limb difference with their hands. And I was so paranoid the entire time that people were staring at us and people were judging us. And they were like, oh, the disabled people went on a date together. And so I basically turned that into a more dramatic and kind of more um, fun to watch story that kind of explored that feeling of wanting to run away from someone who is like you um, and kind of that internalized ableism and the issues around it. And I submitted that into the AFI directing workshop for women and it ended up getting in. And that's kind of where I, I, through that program, I really workshopped the script. Originally, it kind of more read like a play. It wasn't, um, it wasn't as, you know, there wasn't as many locations that there is in the actual short film now. And I got to work with other like writer directors who helped me, you know, give me feedback. And we workshopped all of our scripts that were in that program. So that's kind of how it turned out to be what it is now. So much of the film um, for the main character is about, condescending microaggressions that mm -hmm. she has to deal with on a, on a daily basis. And I'm curious and maybe, you know, stop me if this is too personal or, you know, out of school uh, in terms of a question, yeah. but how have you found dealing with those microaggressions yourself as a filmmaker and telling these, these, this story? It seems to me that like that could also you could those those condescending microaggressions could also translate to how you someone talks to a creator who who makes a film like this. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really interesting because some of those microaggressions, people just as a general audience, sometimes take offense to them that I am <laughs> that I am showing them that this is what happens, and they're like, "So what? We can't help disabled people?" And I'm like, "Well." sometimes you should just think about before you ask people or, you know, like really think about the situation until, you, you know, instead of just being condescending instantly or do you feel bad for them? Is that why you're asking? Like really to analyze the reason why you're asking these questions. And, you know, I mean, I've experienced it in Hollywood as a filmmaker a little bit. I mean, there's, I've been, I've pitched some projects that are really badass and like trying to be bold. And some people will be like, yeah, we really just want to like help you out. And we really just want to, you know, do this for you because like, you know, we love to help disabled people. Like you can tell it's coming from a place of like, oh, they feel bad for me or they're trying to do their socially good thing, you know? And, and I've really, it's been interesting how it's shifted because I feel like that was kind of old Hollywood. And now there's like a new wave of people who are really waking up to these stories and wanting to show us in like diverse, complex, interesting ways. So I'm, I'm getting it way less, you know, and it's, um, it, it, it's surprising because I feel like my whole life I've dealt with those microaggressions and it's, uh, it's changing at least in Hollywood. So 
It's so strange that people would take offense. I mean, I guess it's not strange nor surprising at all that people would take offense to the depiction of those microaggressions because yeah. it, it, they're, they're, it, you're not even calling anyone out in, in that badly. You're not even really chastising anyone that right. badly. And it is it it could also be interpreted that this is a this is a problem not just of the people committing those microaggressions but of your main character who has to learn how to sort of cope with with this a little bit better than maybe she has been in the past that seems to be a major theme of the way that she handles her disability right right exactly yeah and it's someone who has explosive reactions who needs to deal with this is going to happen in your life and how do you yeah. not lose your mind, you know, every time you, you come into contact with people like that, because for a lot of us with disabilities, it's daily, you know, we interact with people or things that people say or stares or, you know, I mean, you can't be angry every single day of your life. So you kind of have to figure out a way to deal with it. And, um, you know, I wanted to write someone who, you know, most of the time you're dealing with these microaggressions in a really respectable, nice way. You say thank you, you say no thank you, you smile, you go on your way and don't make a big deal of it. But some days when you're having a really bad day, you wish you could act like this main character, which I've never done, but it was fun to write someone in a little cathartic to be like, some days this is what I want to do because you're actually being really rude, you know, and and, um, and condescending. So it was more of a, a cathartic experience to kind of, you know, write that type of a character. And leave it to privileged people, myself included at times, to need to feel like someone is also holding them and saying like, but not you, you're good. You're yeah. okay. You're one of the good ones. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I've definitely had those discussions with a lot of uh, a lot of people who kind of are going, wait, 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 hold up. Like, so what are you saying? We shouldn't help people? Or are you Are you saying that I can't? you know, ask questions or, you know, and, and getting a little defensive and you're like, this isn't an attack on you. I'm showing an experience that happens and it can even be worse than what I've depicted here, you know, and, and, and it's um, interesting. But the other interesting thing that happens a lot too, or not a lot, I've had it happen a couple of times is even disabled people will go, well, I just like, don't like, you know, this depiction of us being someone who's rude and kind of fights back and is, you know, sassy or unlikable. And I think the issue with that is we just don't have enough representation. You yeah. know, there should be so many different types of characters and, and content. But I think people get nervous when there's only a few and they go, oh no, like that doesn't represent me. I'm not an asshole like the character. The disabled community and other marginalized communities that are underrepresented, there's an expectation that every every story has to encompass every, every individual's sort of feelings. Right, exactly. And that we just need more content with diverse disabled characters. So it doesn't fall on the responsibility of one creator to represent everyone. Well, again, it's so interesting to me that people would be so defensive about this particular depiction. I mean, at the very least, the, those who got defensive, because uh, it is a story about from from my perspective, what I saw uh, was that yes, these microaggressions are not they're 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 not a positive, but the story is more about this woman learning to sort of understand and grapple and to be confident in her own disability and a confidence that doesn't isn't masking insecurities and therefore isn't sort of like uh, 
provoking, attacking, or, 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 you know, masking anything. That's, that's the crux of the story to me. The crux of the story wasn't like, Hey, be nicer to people with disabilities at, at all. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's a character driven exploration of someone, exactly what you said, dealing and coming to terms with their disability and embracing it and learning what does it actually mean? And why am I offended by it? What does that mean that I'm offended by it, by the word disability? And and that's a lot of my own journey of what I went through. Um, because I wasn't identifying with being disabled for probably 30 years of my life, even though I was born with a disability. <laughs> well, it's the it's the classic story of, um, you know, the more you love yourself, the more things will roll off your back a little bit. Right, right, exactly. Yep. What uh what were some of your stylistic influences going into the production? Because there's a lot of neon colors in both the wardrobe and and and, and the lighting. And so what was it about that color design that made you feel like it, it fit this story? You know, usually when we see disabled stories, it's very like cute and light and it can feel safe and and I just wanted to make something that disrupted what we normally see. In that narrative. So I really, you know, took inspiration from like Insecure, Euphoria, wanted to really use those neon lights, make it colorful and poppy and use cool fashion and, and interesting makeup. And it was just a whole, I wanted to give this disabled story, you know, some life and, and, and uh, really express that through the cinematography, the clothing, the music, the editing, all that stuff. Yeah, there's rarely a stylishness that's brought to stories about disabilities. Like it's usually kind of flat because it feels like the filmmaker is afraid of saying something that they don't mean to say, or it's kind of grim because they're approaching it with some sort of uh, morose condescension about uh, about the characters or the person's life. Right, absolutely. I mean, a lot of what we see too, at least in the past with disabilities is not made by people with disabilities. So there's not an agency there to own it and, you know, go into it unafraid to just express yourself. Do you feel like it's necessary? Um, Like what makes this film so great is there's that authenticity and you can sort of feel the emotional truth. Like when you're in Hollywood as a creator, like do you want disabled stories, you know, all to be told by disabled people? Um, I think it makes the story better, and I think you can explore it in a deeper, truer way. It isn't that surfacey or safe or, you know, holding back storytelling. I don't think you 100% have to, the writer, director, producer, creator, I don't think everyone has to have a disability. I think you need people in there who do have disabilities to either, you know, be one of those key roles, like obviously actors is really necessary and you need to give them agency to speak up if they don't feel their role is being authentically represented. And, um, you know, but I think, I think it's really good to have someone behind the scenes as well in a position that they can make changes and, and have power to say something if they're feeling uncomfortable about what is happening or they think they're going to get themselves into some trouble when this comes out, if it's not represented in the right way or, you know, following some big stereotype or trope. Ashley, you were talking about the kind of conversations that uh, you would have on set and for the, uh, an environment where the actors could feel comfortable 
asking questions about whether or not they were going to be portraying a stereotype or what right. they were going to be portraying. And I'm just sort of curious for examples, like what kind of conversations you may have had with your, with your, with your leads while you were shooting or what questions they had. going. Yeah. Into. You know, I mean, we had just an openness about their experience and me being open with my insecurities, I think allowed them to be open about their insecurities about everything. Um, and, you know, I think when you're, when you're not disabled and you're asking an actor these questions and you're asking if there's any issues with the script or the character, would this really happen? Sometimes they may not speak up because they're afraid to lose the role, especially if this is like really early on, it's one of their first jobs. They may say, no, everything's great. They don't want to offend anyone, you know, and it's, it's interesting because even some stuff that I've consulted on, I've given feedback and then they don't change things that I go, this is going to be an issue. And then, you know, to push back again, I mean, I was just a consultant. I'm like, do what you want with your project. But I feel like if I was an actor wanting to get this role and they were like, no, we think it's fine. I wouldn't push back because I don't want them to choose a different person. You know, so it's it sometimes gives you mm-hmm. it gives those actors the permission to be able to speak up and just feel more comfortable that someone is looking out for them in a way that maybe someone else wouldn't. I also feel like when you're, I mean, when you're a director, like the film, the art is filtered through your lens, right? So mm-hmm. it, it makes sense that. To, I mean, I feel like there's a that discussion a lot in terms of like female and male directors and so it would make sense that in this sense as well like it's filtered through um your idea of it and it doesn't really make sense to tell that story if you know if you don't have that perspective in the world I don't know it's a, it's a shift that's happening right now I think in an interesting one because sometimes people seem like they want more representation but then aren't supporting the back end in order to like have it behind the camera and behind the scenes Right, right. Exactly. I agree with that. And a lot of the, you know, a lot of disability, um, feeling proud of your disability is kind of feels like it's a new front that people are finally embracing. Like today's International Day of Persons with Disability. And I feel like in the past, you know, five years ago, I would have never seen people this proud and talking about how they're glad they're disabled, you know, and and I think that's probably because a lot of us have internalized ableism that we dealt with our whole life of that. It's a tragedy. We wish there was a way that it could be cured, you know, like all these different negative things, you know, me always thinking when I was coming up in the industry and I was an assistant and my friends were all making extra money doing background, I was like, I could never be a background person because they wouldn't want someone like me on screen because I have a disability and my body is different and people would be confused. And it's like that idea of shame is, and, and that people wouldn't want to see me on screen is like so layered and inherent where I've probably made so many decisions about my own career or just life that have internalized ableism shaded over it. You know, and I and I didn't necessarily know or understand that shame. And sometimes, you know, people who haven't come that far in their journey may not understand that there's certain things of, no, that actually is a problem, you know, or that we shouldn't write the character that way or we shouldn't talk about it this way. Like, you know, and I'm always learning new things too is like, you know, people who are wheelchair users, they prefer to be called wheelchair users and not bound to a wheelchair or, you know, that is something that 
I'm, you know, my eyes are being open to because I'm surrounding myself with the disability community and always trying to learn from people with different disabilities. It, it feels like language is evolving in a way that's maybe empowering or you sort of like giving people something to, um, to like latch on to and understand a little bit better. I don't know. I feel that even even in terms of things like, like it's so silly, but like gaslighting or just different ways that people are discussing like, you know, different psychological, you know, world issues. Um, maybe Mm -hmm. gives us like a little bit more freedom to do it. Yeah. I mean, even the word disability, I mean, you know, I, I myself and other people have gone, you know, we don't like the word disability because it's dis and that means like you can't do something, you're unable to do things. And then, you know, I was having this conversation with my husband and he was like, but why is it inherently bad that you can't do something? It's not. The only thing that makes you feel that way sometimes is like capitalism or, (laughs) you know, uh, things that like you are worthy the day you're born, no matter, no matter what you can or can't do, you know? And, yeah, and that's yeah, a really absolutely. interesting way of it's reframing and relooking at it, you know, and, and disability and disabled is what the people who, you know, fought for the ADA, that's what they wanted the community to be called. And it's like, without that label, you're not protected by those, by those um, laws. So it's, it's just really interesting. And the more I've dug into it, you know, when I made single, I didn't, I wasn't, I was still on this line of like, I don't necessarily know if I would call myself disabled, but now I see it, you know, three years after making this film, I'm like the word disability. I'm like proud to be a part of this community, you know? Well, I, you know, I had another question, but I actually think that's a really yeah. great place to end. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley, thank you so much for joining us and for making this really great short film. Um, I think I, I kind of want to just say that uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched a short film, it's incredibly funny and it's beautifully made and uh, you should you should go watch it. Yeah, thank you so much. And thanks for hosting the film. It's really cool. There's a lot of awesome stuff on this platform. Absolutely. Is there um, is there anything next for you that we should keep an eye on? Yeah. So 2021, I've done a lot of work. Nothing has been announced, but everything I've created or directed or done involves um, disabled characters. So there's two episodes of TV that are going to be coming out. Um, There is a project on Netflix that's going to be out in February Um, and more to come. Yeah. A lot on the horizon and, and, you know, developing this short into a TV show. So that's early stages, but um, exciting. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you, Lauren. Yeah, thank you. This was great. Thanks so much. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.